welcome to Metanerdia, a podcast where three former co-workers and friends get together and talk about things pop culture. This season, we've talked about The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, the new series on Amazon Prime. And this week, we have a special guest, a friend of ours, and also former co-worker. John is with us today, and he's going to talk about his experience with The Rings of Power. We're really excited to have him on to add his input and more of a uh, positive take on the whole series. So, yes, uh, we our goal is to break that positive spirit by the end of this episode. Yeah, for context, John is like the most positive person probably any of us have ever ever interacted with. Oh my. I mean like what I mean by that is defends Nickelback, likes Nickelback. <laughs> is like, that true? Un- yeah, un- unashamedly, <laughs> like unabashedly, true. Yes, I not like even like annoyingly. Like some people are like, "Ooh, I like this thing nobody likes." No, he 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 likes it. So that's that's yeah, that's the, the like the the toxic positivity that is. Done. <laughs> I, I would like to insert here that <laughs> he is an extremely positive person, but it's not in like an annoying way. Like this is true. Uh, it's that. it's in a way that we all really like to be around him and and hang out with him. So this is actually well, now just like the John Mar- John uh, John uh, fan club um, <laughs> podcast. Now John, we, we've been YouTube working show. hard all season to get him onto this podcast, and we finally were able to make it work with his agent. There were a lot of demands. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Oh, you guys are really hyping me up a lot. <laughs> Yeah, John, why don't you, I mean, we started off the series talking about our experience with Lord of the Rings before uh, watching the series, um, kind of our background with it. Why don't you give us a little taste of uh, where you were coming from on the perspective of Lord of the Rings, the wider verse that uh, Tolkien created, um, and maybe just the general impressions of the first season of Rings of Power. Oh, wow. Well, um, yeah, again, thanks for having me. Uh, this is really, really kind of taking it back, you know, when we used to all work together. Um, yeah. And again, I probably am going to be a little bit more positive than you all have been, but that's just my vibe. And um, I, yeah, no. So, uh, yeah, I have um, I've been a Lord of the Rings fan and a Tolkien fan for a lot of years. And I really owe my older brother um, for introducing me to, to that universe. Uh he got me a copy of the Lord of the Rings. It was a collector's edition, came in this like red leather bound copy. It had maps mm. that came out, you know, folded mm. out of it. It was really, really cool. And he gave me that as a Christmas gift when I was, it's like late middle school, early high school for me. So that would have been like, I don't know, right around like the late nineties, early two thousands. And I remember he gave that to me on a Christmas break. Uh, it was a Christmas present. And I read through the entire trilogy over that break. Like I just could not get enough of it. It was, it was awesome. And and then I read I read the Hobbit actually after that. So um, a lot of people would like read the Hobbit in school or anything like that, but that wasn't my experience. So yeah, I read Lord of the Rings first, then the Hobbit. I actually haven't read I haven't read the similar really in, and I haven't read I I'll admit I haven't read all the appendices. I have read some other things like the Children of Huron, um, and some of the other stories that have been developed based on Tolkien's writings and letters. But yeah, so I, I love I love Lord of the Rings, love Tolkien. Um, and I think too, I've I've enjoyed most, if not all, of the interpretations that people have. Again, I feel like I'm just leaning into this positivity. There are some things that I hate. <laughs> I can promise you that I hate pickles. I don't know if that helps, but how you know, um, dare you? Now, now, how do the pickles relate 
to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I okay. So if we're really going for it, you know what? I, I think I might have even said this to y'all when we were working together. But I would see like pickles as like um, a metaphor for that fall of humanity, right? You take what is this really, really excellent vegetable, cucumber, <laughs> and then you in, you inject it with with sin or brokenness, and it becomes this really disgusting and terrible form of food called the pickle. How and dare I think you. I've even said I think I've even said that to you all at one point when we were you know around the office around the water cooler, so to speak. But uh, or no, vinegar. So there are things I don't like. I think you got it all wrong. I think actually the pickling process redeems the the cucumber. It, it, it makes Ooh. it into its fullest sense. Ooh, oh. Shots fired. Agree to disagree. <laughs> what about also, a pickled apple? <laughs> what, what about That's a horse right. eating a pickle? What about I a have, pickled uh, horse? I've started, my, I've started my official horse and apple watch. I'm looking out. Good. Excellent. I, I bought some apples at Trader Joe's today. So I was like, check that out. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, Did you like, buy any horses today? Uh, you know, I didn't buy any horses. On a usual Thursday, I will be buying some horses. But today was just a little bit different for me. Yeah. Understandable. Um, and like, like I can remember actually in one of the previous episodes, someone, I think one of you had referenced the, um, the old animated versions of like the Hobbit and there was a return of the King that was made. And I, I, the Hobbit one, I really loved. Like, in fact, I have a, I have a vinyl record of the soundtrack for that film, which, wow. so they had interpretations of all the songs that Tolkien did and man, it was really cool. So and the Lord of the Rings one was a little bit rougher, but, uh, and then like rings of power overall, honestly, I really enjoyed it. I, been freaking out like i can remember when they first went to you know to casa doom i was like oh my gosh this is amazing and then oh it's a lendial oh this is amazing so uh yeah there haven't been as many letdowns for me i do have just like a couple of things that i haven't loved as much but overall it's um been a wonderful experience for me i've really been enjoying it uh, i'm curious john what's uh what was your feeling about the hobbit movies yeah uh, great question so i do think that it was completely unnecessary for there to be three of them i don't think i don't think anybody would argue that it's <laughs> like we could probably condense the first two but i the battle of the five armies the last one i really enjoy and i do really enjoy the the tail end of the desolation of smog um especially when you see the interchange between bilbo and smog talking about uh and when smog begins to reveal like he, you know he even says at one point and benedict cumberbatch just did an awesome job as that character like I'm half tempted to let you take it and give it to him, meaning the Arkenstone and giving it to Thorin um, to see it drive him mad, which I don't know if Smog was like perceptive that that was already happening kind of to Thorin, but um, I thought that was just really, really cool. And then Battle of Fire Armies, I love the dwarves. That's my favorite um, people group within the Lord of the Rings. So getting to see them, even just at the beginning of the first Hobbit movie, and then like when Dane and the dwarves from the, you know, from the Iron Hills show up, I was just like, whoa, this is awesome. One complaint, though, about that. Sorry, this is really random. But when they, you know, when the dwarves all go and like they put their shield wall up. Right. And then Bilbo's like, will the elves fight? Right. Like and the elves then come jumping over their shield wall to fight the orcs. It's like you never mm. jump over a shield wall. That's so dumb. <laughs> you always stay Triple stamp and double wall. stamp. You're, you let your enemy impale them. Anyways, it's just always been a pet peeve of mine because I'm like, that's ridiculous. It's what they were least expecting, are... John. Yeah. Superheroes. <laughs> so, anyways, but yeah, I really did enjoy those actually. So, you know, I actually would say I I will put my head in with John, and I also liked the Hobbit movies. I, I would agree the length. 
but even the like side quests that that people tend to think like oh that all that stuff with Gandalf looking at you know seeking out the necromancer I actually like that I think it's told part of the Tolkien story that you don't usually see and I I liked Radagast as a character as well mm-hmm. it's cool to see another uh, another wizard in that universe get the three uh, I think three blue wizards right like um, Radagast and Gandalf and Sauron um, but yeah I mean some of the some of the stuff I didn't necessarily love Evangeline Lilly's uh, interpretation of the elf character she she played. Um, it played a little bit too human as opposed to kind of elf. But uh, I didn't hate the whole um, Thorin and uh, what was her character's name? I'm forgetting in the, the Hobbit series, whatever character she played, like Tolkien played a lot with inter inter race, uh, like the humans and elves. Um, oh, you know, you're talking about Feely and uh, oh yeah, sorry. That, that yeah, not Thorin. Feely and uh, yeah. yeah, whatever her mm-hmm. character's name was. Because mm-hmm. uh, Tolkien played a lot with that, like mostly humans and elves. But you know, Elrond is Elrond, half elven. So I mean, I don't, I didn't mind that they took some creative direction. It actually helped to set the stage for Gimli and Legolas's connection. Mm-hmm. Like why Legolas might have even been more uh, showed more animosity towards Gimli. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate the Hobbit series. So I'm gonna actually not, not even I didn't hate. I would rewatch it. I'd be like, yeah. Cool. Let's watch it. But um, so I'm going to be with John on that front, but I will break with John on my feelings on rings of power. Ah, fair enough. It can only win over so many people. No, it's just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so many series to save. So talked a little bit about highlights. So let's go around and talk about our favorite part or parts of season one rings of power. Um, Andrew, let's start with you because I don't have one yet. Oh gosh! <laughs> All right, um, I reserve the right to uh, add if I think of more as you guys are talking. Um, but the first two things that immediately came to my mind, uh, of course, when um, I forget the 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 cook or the butcher, whatever, when he you know puts the sword in uh, and turns into um, wall you know, drag or something. Mount- yeah, yeah, Mount Doom, you know, explodes. Like, obviously, that's an amazing scene. So that everyone might have that on their list. Um, the other thing that kind of first came to my mind is when. Um, oh, gosh, it's been a couple of weeks since I've watched it now. I can't remember any of their names. I'm a terrible person. Hold on. Um, describe them. When the elf, the main elf guy, Aaron Deer. Yeah. yeah. When. Uh, when Aaron Deer, they go like slow mo in the woods, and he like catches the arrow and like turns it and shoots it at at an orc like that. That was pretty epic. Um, and then maybe the the other one that that I that just came to mind is when the stranger who we now, I mean it's he he's Gandalf at this point, um, because and and actually how we know I like I appreciate that they brought back the always follow your nose. Because um, I love that scene from Fellowship. Fellowship is my favorite of the the trilogy, um, and that I mean, all of the scenes in Moria are fantastic. Um, but but yeah, I I love callbacks like that, and uh, so yeah, I really appreciated when he was like, "Always follow your nose." Yeah, I'll piggyback on that. Yeah, I would agree. I think the Mordor reveal was. It was the first time in the series. It was like, oh, I hadn't realized. I, I like when movies sort of put things together. You know, if you ever watched the movie Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels or Three Smoking Barrels, 
it's one of these things where these all these threads, how do these interconnect? And then at some point in the movie, they just bring it all together. Like, whoa, that's crazy. So I had that similar feeling when Mordor was was uh, was revealed. Um, and uh, I also think the scenery was incredible. Like I loved, I think they really captured the feel of, of Middle Earth and the music. I loved the music. I think they did a great job on the score, the clothing. I mean, it had the look and feel. It's like really high quality, really sharp, awesome use of lighting as well. I think they set moods really well in scenes whether it's in Valinor, not Valinor, whether it's in um, Linden, whether it's in the you know the dark Casa uh, Doom, but showing how they used kind of mirrors and lights, and I just think they used light really, really well. Uh, certain scenes, like I think Gandalf's reveal was pretty sweet. Uh, I think that was a, a cool uh, element where you kind of felt. So the first time in the series, I had like tingles, like watching, like oh, that's awesome. Um, and I, I liked, I mean, out of all the scenes, I think Durin and Elrond's characters played the best off of each other. I, I realized later that I always looked forward to those interchanges. I just think they had like a, especially Durin, the actor who played Durin, he kind of had a, a you know, sneaky way about him, a little bit mischievous way, but he and Elrond seemed to really have a, a, a spark on, uh, on screen and play off each other really well. So those would be some of my highlights of season one. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, there, I mean, there's a couple of there are a couple of subtle things. Again, Ryan, I'd agree with you. All of anything that's involving the dwarves and Elrond and, and Durin's exchanges is just really, really cool to see, um, because you know he's that namesake for you know the line of Durin, which includes Thorin and, and feeling killing all those 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 characters. I really loved the the part where um, Durin was um, in a way he was kind of accusatory towards Elrond of just kind of piecing out for twenty years. Uh, just mm-hmm. because it really showed you uh, how time is experienced differently by each of the races in Middle Earth. And that, you know, 20 years for an elf, not as big of a deal, but for a dwarf, even though they do live quite a while, you know, they do live pretty long lives. That's a, it's a big deal. And, um, and so that there are relationships still at the center of everything that's happening. And then like a couple of, I'm really stoked to see how the battle I don't know if battle is the right word, but the battle for Mordor will play out between Adar and Sauron. It looks mm-hmm. like, because mm-hmm. I think, I think Adar yeah. is definitely going to be a, I mean, Jesse, you, you kind of cued in on that. I think in the last episode, um, I think he's a rival. Like I, I mean, we've never seen orcs call someone father before, as far as I know. And that's really unique. And then, um, and, and so I'm hoping that that's just going to be this big, big political battle. And then, um, and then lastly, just like one subtle thing, but when, when Elwan was dropping the Mithril into the forge in uh, Eregion, and you could see like almost the eye of Sauron in the little like mm-hmm. melting lava. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, ooh, Sauron's influence in these rings, man. Like, don't mess around. So, uh, yeah. So I think that that was, that was a real highlight. And then I just, I, because Celebrimbor, I love the Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War games. So just getting to see yeah. anything where he's involved, I was like, that was really, really cool. So those are highlights for me. Yeah. I think my biggest one, or at least the one that pops out for me the most is right at the beginning when Gladriel's doing the narration on the lore of mm-hmm like the first age essentially i love those bits like that's the my favorite part of the the trilogy the first in uh the beginning when she's talking about the battle 
in Fellowship of the Ring when she's talking about that battle between uh, the last alliance of men and elves and how they go against Sauron's forces and how they meet him at or meet him on the fields in uh, Mordor. And like that part is just so cool. And how we got mm-hmm. a little bit of that uh, in that first episode um, when she's talking about the battle with Morgoth and like looking more of that up because again i have hardly any background on the lore of lord of the rings or anything like that i really wish we would have gotten that series um because that would have been nuts the first age like the stuff that happened in there yeah and what more got did like that was insane um like partnering with spiders and dragons and mm. like it's nuts. that that show would have been expensive really expensive yeah, would have relied a lot on <laughs> on cgi but it would have had this sort of like my oh gosh you know like pacific rim actually yeah. that's a really fun that's a really fun movie Love that it would, movie. Yeah. It so would have had this movie. like huge feel these like massive creatures it would have been really uh really epic guillermo del toro he was supposed to direct the hobbit are you serious oh my yeah. gosh sign me up for an alternate universe where guillermo del toro <laughs> Yeah. Guillermo del Toro cut maybe like the Zack oh Snyder yeah gosh <laughs> can we like crowdsource so this stuff like is that a thing we can do and just like force people to we'll we'll raise six hundred dollars maybe six hundred dollars I need to get some people with deep pockets uh, <laughs> that's why we brought you on here John oh, yeah. wow. okay there you go tell us about Bitcoin I, I hear there's some money in Bitcoin we should <laughs> it's down right good time yeah. to buy <laughs> money is one of my favorite topics that's not what we're here to talk about but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and i'm trying to think what else i liked nothing else is really standing out as like a really cool moment you know one where you're just thinking about it and like oh yeah that part was sick like when i think about uh the original trilogy it, if any of the movies i can pinpoint a scene that just instantly pops in my mind and just i get really excited about like two towers for example mm-hmm. the part uh during the battle when like last grabs the shield i knew and you were gonna say the that. stairs like that part is so sick <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> it's like impossible it it's like ah, it's it's so ridiculous <laughs> yeah know, but like but... It, it's it's just enough that you can suspend disbelief just to be like cool <laughs> that's fair yeah. it's basically a skateboard the count, by the way right everybody knows gimli uh, gimli kills more orcs than legolas does in that battle let the record show <laughs> but apparently gimli knows anatomy and physiology because he says that his axe is buried in central nervous system like you got to give i don't know what gimli's education was but i'm like oh man well like legolas also like <laughs> shoots down an entire ladder full of orcs and gimli says that only counts as one so you know legolas no, being a little bit kind about, he says that about the olifants yeah. i think right yeah that's that about the oh that that's the next okay. movie yeah the olifants yeah oh okay all right all but right it only right, counts right. as one yeah, legolas, that, that ryan you've talked a little bit about that that some of what we're seeing the elves do in Rings of Power is not equivalent to what we saw in the trilogy. I mean, they seem almost like, again, um, superhuman or super elven. Yeah. Sorry. In, 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 like, <laughs> nice. in Power Elves, yeah. yeah, even when Haldir shows up at Helm's Deep with his. Hel- no, Haldir? In Helm's yeah, Deep? Yeah, Haldir from Lothlorien. I mean, you get the sense, yes, they they did those. The elves did die, but you 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 feel the sense of what Sauron's strategy is, which is Sauron's uh, Saruman is just to throw numbers. Like he doesn't care. Saruman doesn't care about the Urukai 
Um, he's just kind of throwing, he doesn't care how many die. It's just kind of massive. And, mm-hmm. um, but you still get the sense of scope and scale. And I've mentioned this in an earlier episode, even the battle uh, the reviewer I've been following, like, it just feels like this is like a dirt, like dirt village. Why is this a massive battle? You just don't have the sense for the scale of like a Helm's Deep or in front of the, the gates of Mordor or, you know, the, the battle frost Gilead even in uh return of the king when you know faramir is injured and, and comes mm. back um you, you just anyway, you, you sorry i'm jumping into the critique but yeah that's it that's a good observation john that you lose certain sense for like the stakes or jesse mentioned like you see a little bit when aaron deer a both grabs the arrow and shoots it back uh well it doesn't maybe andrew brought that up yeah um and you see him kind of like doing the same thing when he's in that tower hitting that little cable or rope but yeah, you don't see some of the epic swordplay you kind of hope or expect to see. I'm hoping that we're going to get more of that in season two, like you said, especially if we get a battle for for Mordor, um, then that that definitely could be a place for it. Uh, I think one of the okay, I think my biggest disappointment of season one is that it's I'm not even it's not even disappointed. It's more I'm upset. They... I'm not disappointed. I'm just, <laughs> just <laughs> you the opposite. <laughs> Take that, Amazon. <laughs> um, they gave us a Balrog in the trailer, <laughs> and then gave us the exact same amount of Balrog in the first season. <laughs> like, don't tease that to us if you're not really going to give it to us until uh, who knows? Maybe we won't even see him till season five now. Him, her, it. Uh, <laughs> um, that that was not what I was planning <laughs> to say when I started this diatribe. But um, I think one of my disappointments from and and I realize that this is not easy to do, but um, I love one of the things I love about the original trilogy is just like there's some really powerful lines in it, like you know and obviously Tolkien wrote them, but like all you have to do is decide what to do with the time that's given to you, like mm. those sorts of things. Preach. Um, and uh, <laughs> I feel like, and you know, I've watched those movies tons of times. I've only seen this show through once. So maybe there's some lines in there that I would catch on a rewatch, but, or you guys, Ryan Shakin <laughs> said, no, or, John, you can, you can no, um, just, chime in on, if you man. had any, any lines that you remember or, or anybody else too. But um, like, like I said, it's not an easy thing to come up with these really powerful lines that like stick with you and like that you use as your senior quote because you're a nerd or anything, you know, in high school. Yeah, you did too, Ryan. Yep. Absolutely. So, wait, 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 which one did you use? Yeah, the one that I just said. Oh, really? I did not all who wander or lost. That was my. Uh, I, I actually my other one was Legolas two already. <laughs> <laughs> was it really? No. Oh, that would have been incredible. (laughs) My other one was actually a Brian Regan quote. But anyway, like (laughs) I I would love to see moving forward, like here, I guess, more than see, um, like some just really powerful quotes that uh that will better writing be remembered. More better better writing writing in general (laughs) and also this specifically. (laughs) Better writing and no teases. Yeah, pretty much. No, no teases that they're not going to, uh, to actually give us. Just yeah. like, uh, just like, don't fear the reaper needs more cowbell, rings of power, 
needs more Excellent Balrog. Christopher Walken reference. Sorry, needs more Balrog right. and more apples. Exactly. Increase increase it to eleven on the app. On the app. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be so many apples. All right, John, you did say something cryptic, and you know, my you know, we're clearly doing things in highs and lows, and you might have heard John was like loved and didn't love as much. That's right. So, are you willing to tell us like what are the you didn't love as much things? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I think that. Um, I think the main thing for me, and I, I, I understand. I think I understand why the writers or and directors did this, but the order in which the rings are created—that's really kind of throwing me off a bit. Because, yeah, in in the in the OG story, it's okay. So you know, Sauron goes to Aragion as what is it? Anata. I can't, I'm trying to remember his his name. Anatar. Yeah, Anatar. That's right. Anatar. Avatar. Sauron has this genius plan, right? To mm-hmm. teach the elves how to create rings. Yeah. And then over the over the sixteen, right, the nine for men and the seven for dwarves to exert his influence. And mm-hmm. um, but now the fact that the and then right, the three elven rings are made after that fact by Kelebrimbor without Sauron's knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that the three have been have already been created. I'm just trying to, and again, I, you know, maybe they can get there, but it, it makes it seem like Sauron will maybe have to return again at some point. Like, will he have to, will he have to shapeshift into a new form and return to the elves in order to convince them to create more rings? Because he kind of, you know, he already imparted the idea, but not necessarily the knowledge. And so I'm just, that's the thing where I'm like, I understand why you did that. It's called the Rings of Power. You should probably have some Rings of Power in your show. <laughs> at least one. <laughs> well, no, one. you need two because you gotta, it's you plural. It's not really true. Okay. <laughs> it's true. Ring as, as they say, three, so that you know none can tip the scales, right? But so that, and again, that that may be j- just conjecturing on that. But I'm a little bit like, oh, okay. How like I just how's that going? How are we going to get yeah. there, right? Because that's the that's the brilliance of Sauron's plan and what makes him such a compelling villain is that he he came uh, almost trojan horse style appearing as a as an emissary right from and you know and then was able to exert his influence that way so i'm just curious how's that going to play out is sauron going to have to return now like they know he's out there and mm-hmm. as i'm trying to remember does uh do elrond and Celebrimbor both know that that was sauron i know i know elrond he sneaks a peek at the scroll right that shows the hierarchy of the southern kings and so i don't know if he like so i'm just curious how that's going to play out that was that was where i was like i didn't love that as much and and if i could i would i would have i would have loved if they broke the wall a little bit and let us as the audience know that how ren was sauron and so we mm-hmm. could then kind of see what mm-hmm. he was doing <clears throat> yeah uh, and again that's just how i would like to do it if it's like <clears throat> hey by episode when you know when they're adrift in the sea if we could see yo that's sauron oh my goodness right. like and then yeah. we get to see him kind of play out and work his manipulations and um because it was fairly i mean it was it was kind of a fairly obvious reveal like the minute he started forging um in numenor i was like i thought i think that might be sauron i'm not like sure but ryan you were on you were wise to it really quickly um yeah yeah excellent prediction so so that's 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 one of the things i'm like okay this this order has real ramifications for how things are going to go down and so how are they going to now convince the elves to forge the 16 rings that then have their influence etc cetera, etc cetera. so that's yeah that's something i did not love as much and just give me more battles, more of them, and mm. larger ones always all the time. Because mm-hmm. honestly, the fact if an entire movie was a battle, I'm here for it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah like Mad Like Mad Max Fury Road. Like it's just 
insanity oh, so good from like moment one it's like just jumping off of vehicles like witness me and it's just it's nuts yeah and you would expect to see some of those scenes mad sauron mordor gate there we go <laughs> i mean that I, gosh what an awesome reference ryan i love that movie it's just like one big action scene it's so fabulous and you don't you don't have to go at that far but just give us a little just give us a little more you know like there's mm-hmm. there's epic conflicts that are happening or yeah or implied to happen and we're just not seeing that play out jesse what do you got as far as dislikes yeah or things that you wish might have happened yeah i don't know i mean to john's point um and again i'm going off of videos that i've watched that was very uh weird that they did the elf elven rings first and the fact that it seems like sauron knows about the elven rings um because like according to the videos i watched in the books Sauron doesn't know about them. They're like made in secret afterwards. Um, and I know like Sauron does have like another world tour that he goes on eventually uh, where maybe he goes back to Linden with elves and um, he heads out to Numenor and corrupts them out there and all that stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I, it will be interesting to see how they, they uh, kind of go from here with the rings um and how much i guess we'll see those rings in use mm-hmm. um because it seems like they're going to be a kind of macguffin going forward each of them um where like sauron's gonna find out about them he's gonna want them and maybe those will give him the idea he can't obtain them because they're too powerful mm. so and then he's like oh i'll create this one ring since these were created under my influence um one thing i'm curious to see is this is how brand how we see him in the show is that how sauron actually looks or is that like a disguise that he put on i'll be interested to see how that plays out uh because what we see in the original trilogy sauron's huge like hmm. he's massive um and how brand he's just like oh average not that big of a dude doesn't seem like he lifts too much i don't know uh <laughs> than the dwarves. does he even lift bro <laughs> do you even lift <laughs> where's your protein at Seriously. you're eating apples where's, where's your lembas you need to eat some more lemba spread <laughs> how many did you eat <laughs> um yeah and i know i was a, a su- supporter of um it being a slower show uh, because I, I am a hundred percent okay with movies shows being slower as long as they're not dull. Uh, for example, I know Andrew loves this movie, the green Knight, um, a movie <laughs> that came out last year. How two years dare ago. you? <laughs> no, I, I like the movie um, because I like the chances that it takes. I don't know if John or Ryan, if you've ever seen the green Knight. it's a 24 film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it does something really interesting where it follows the story of Sir Gawain in the Green Knight, and he goes through the different ch- trials. Um, but it's much different in the book where the Sir Gawain in the movie isn't as uh, honorable as his character in the book. And each time he goes through a trial, there are these long 
scenes that just focus in on one area and there's very little camera movement and they'll just focus on that for five, six, seven minutes. Um, but it's also the audience can process everything that just happened in the scene before or in the scenes before. And I think that's just like a gutsy take. Um, I like that they were willing to do that. This it, it was gutsy, all right. <laughs> yeah, there were some gutsy scenes. <laughs> That's true uh, too. <laughs> um, in this, I don't know. I I get it. They had a lot to kind of show um and build, especially um they have to come at it from a point of maybe there's a lot of audience that never saw Lord of the Rings. This is their first entry point. So I don't know. I just hope the pacing picks up a little bit more in the next season. Um, I don't need huge battles or anything like those are great to see. Love those. Um, But I do want things to move along. I want a little bit more character development. Um, I don't think we got much of that. Uh, I know Galadriel, like they say a lot of things, but it seems like her character at the start is very, is basically the same as where her character is at the end um, of the season. So I would like to see some just, development of characters uh i think the character that had the most development is maybe theo um but yeah so some more of that yeah yeah here's your question which character are you most interested in seeing more of in season two adar Uh, yeah same (laughs) i really i was gonna say that absolutely yeah so i was on my list too yeah, what I what I was thinking as I was hearing people talk, I thought it will be interesting if Adar is interpreted. And at first, I thought of, of him as kind of like a Snape character, mm. like at one point and involved with the dark uh, forces of evil, kind of shifting loyalties. Then I thought, well, Tolkien already had a template for that in Smeagol, like turned by by the Ring, um, but kind of recognizing that there was still something in Smeagol that. Was still trying to, so I would love to see kind of that in, in Adar's character, kind of just sort of like dealing with was an elf twisted by Morgoth Sauron and uh, just the conflict that ensues um, in that sense. It'll be interesting. I didn't quite, I don't quite buy his paternalism. Like, um, hmm. I'm trying to cast him as like, I'm just trying to make Mordor a lovely home for. <laughs> <laughs> for my dudes but uh like it seems like that's it's hard to empathize with some i guess you're supposed to be drawn to the tension of like oh well don't don't orcs need a place to live too um but it's a, it's a weird interesting take I was, I was talking with my uh my wife about this because i read a review that was just kind of bizarre it, well, it was an article that was like, Lord of the Rings hasn't aged well. And the author was like, it's really problematic that an entire race of people is bad. And she meant works. Oh, works. Okay. And I remember thinking, well, I mean, it's fantasy literature. It's like, it's like, you, you, so on the one hand, it's a bold move to try to like garner some sympathy, <laughs> but it's also kind of like just by, by nature, it's just, it's a fantasy, uh, not trope, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's just one of these characters where like they're, 
they're bad. <laughs> Are we gonna all make T-shirts that says like "Orcs have feelings too" or something like that? I do love. You ever seen the, the T-shirt? What did they a... say about stormtroopers? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you ever seen the T-shirt of the stormtrooper that has a picture of the Death Star and it said like "I had friends on the Death Star"? Yeah, you that one. it's so good. Oh, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> then we should have something similar for orcs. Like I had I. I had friends on Pelennor Field. Or... I, I had friends that went to Helm's Deep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting Great. take. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Sauron's character is supposed to Anatar is supposed to look like uh, appear as an as an elf. Like I think he, he they they think of him as so highly skilled, highly trained. Um and it's supposed to reveal this tension between their lust, at least Celebrimbor's lust for um, just mastery. And, and you know what I mean? It kind of blinds him to what Gilgalad and Elrond see. Uh, but they didn't really play with that in season one. They missed the opportunity to to do do some of that because now it's just like, yeah, I'm sorry. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, but that's what I'd like to see. A little bit more of that. What I'd like to see, honestly, is just fire the current writers. My hope is Amazon is so invested. Yeah. Well, John, you, you heard my theory, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I have heard the AI theory. You're like, yeah, I'm kind of concerned, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> no. About your, your mental health. Are you okay? No. Are you okay? <laughs> but what do you need to unpack? Amazon is too deeply invested in this financially to like, I, I just and there were some rumors in an article I read that there are murmurings about taking a new direction in the uh, writing uh, staff, um, which is odd because I, when I read the whole article about how they even Amazon got this deal, they kept emphasizing, at least the creators, that like, oh, it was because of our claims to be the most uh, authentic to the text, to be true, truest to it. And I thought, well, that's weird because season one doesn't really seem to reveal right. a whole lot of uh, loyalty to the text. Anyway, so that's my hope for season two is, yeah, we see more for Adar. I think that'll be an interesting tension. Um, but also we just get new writers. Like I, that. Yeah. That's tough, though, too. Like, I agree with you. Like, the writing hasn't been great in season one or wasn't, I guess. Um, but bringing in new writers might not help. Like, you, you, just with the consistency of it. Like, it might it could it could end up being really good. It could end up making it feel like a completely different tone or just like yeah that, that doesn't really mesh with season one you know yeah that's true who knows yeah i mean is there a proposed uh timeline for season two like does it have a release date or a film date yet i haven't heard of anything product, but i also haven't I, looked i was just looking it up production began this month in early oh, wow. october is what it said oh so they're already locked in well, they should have. Yeah, they they probably had already have it written, but yeah. Um, so I was gonna say, like, given the right amount of time, writers could fix anything. Um, but I mean, if they're already going, yeah, you can't really turn on a, turn on a dime with a project like this, right? Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, we'll see. I we'll mean, see. it's it's just yeah. I think I am still sticking with my AI theory. There's just enough that's bizarre about it that it just feels a little like wooden and. Uh, and, and rigid, but and honestly, I'll, I'm going to say something a little controversial. I I think we're also seeing a little bit of the product of uh one element of Hollywood thinking that 
that just to be representative, they did the right thing by having a having appropriate representation on the cast. I totally agree with that. But sometimes I think that they might have thought, then we're done now. We've diversified mm-hmm. the cast. That's all we need to do. And I think, well, it's actually doing a disservice to what you just did to also not make it good. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 mm-hmm. engaging in right. sort of a shortcut to say you can't criticize us. Well, that's great. You did the right thing. You still have to <laughs> still have to make it good. Right. Or else, like people are I'm going to be a part of that kind of project. Um, so there's my most controversial statement there is, is on that, on that side of things. Cause after a while, honestly, I think that was the most frustrating part of the critique of the series. Uh, and it, it was distracting. Um, I, I think there was much mm-hmm. better critiques from the point of just how it was written. Um, cause it's a fantasy world. So first of all, a rules don't really I mean, yeah, fantasy has its set of rules and internal logic, but it's also like, yeah, okay, come on. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's great. Tolkien's a wonderful person. The more the more that people who have lots of different lived experiences can find points of connection, it's awesome. More more power to that. But anyways, there's my take on representation, racial representation, and rings of power. Heard to hear first, <laughs> John. How do you feel about Ryan's AI theory? <laughs> Ooh, the What's AI your take? <laughs> What's my take on that? Wow. Uh, well, I'm all about hot takes, so I <laughs> can't believe that Ryan thinks that's real. <laughs> hey, I am not alone in this. No, I'm, I'm sure you're not. No. I, I will send, and it sounds like something um, a crazy person would also still say. I'll send you, I'll send you a Reddit thread. <laughs> no, no, a Reddit thread. Yes, here we go. But in this thread, they're actually playing with a real AI generator, an AI text generator. And they're kind of giving it prompts, imagining maybe if they gave it a prompt like this, what would happen? And they're posting like, here's here's a portion of script that was written by AI. And it is eerily similar. It's like, this is strange. So it's not just like, oh, yeah, I think it was it's like, <laughs> no. hey, let's actually use some AI generated uh, text generators and, and just see what happens. No, so. I know you well enough, Ryan, to know your discerning <laughs> in terms of what you read. Apart from your love of Snowpiercer, I just cannot understand. What? You that take that from. back. <laughs> not that we're going to go into that. I watched you don't it like Snowpiercer? I watched it for your recommendation. So, um, oh, uh, yeah, I think I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> And again, I, I'm I'm coming from the perspective of again, there are so many things that I've enjoyed that I don't feel it needs to have like a major course correction. I think there are some things to tighten up, but like I'm stoked for season two. Um, sign me up for it. Uh, I mean, I'm just I'm like thinking in the future. I'm like, oh man, how are they gonna like how are they gonna play out like what you talked about, Jesse? Like where Sarwan goes on his other world tour, right? Where spoilers, he comes back to a region, right, and is like, yo, I want them rings and he's just <laughs> all this stuff. And, Oh my gosh, and my Celebrimbor's downfall and all these things that are coming, and I'm just like so exciting. So and give me more dwarves, always dwarves, all the time dwarves. Like I just always want to see the dwarves on screen. I think their society's fascinating. I think that what they do is awesome. And I am now at the point actually where the stranger and we're like I know we're like 99.9% certain it's Gandalf but maybe there's like just this slim slim margin maybe maybe Gandalf learns about the always follow your nose from one of the other Star. I don't know but um, I'm really excited to see Nori uh, become I don't know maybe like a version of the like the heroic hobbits that we know or in her case a Harfoot um, and the, I don't know maybe this is like the roots of that uh, where it's like oh, okay this is maybe is this the first of their 
is the first of their lineage who has really mm-hmm. gone off and adventured in a profound way. Um, so anyways, I mean, there's, there are definitely, there are definitely fair reasons to critique. Um, but I'm just, I'm just really stoked to see what happens. And when do the, when do those other rings get forged and how do they get forged? Even though it's going to be challenging to, I think to figure that out, I'm like, Oh, it's going to happen. And it's going to be sweet. That's something I'm still not sure. Where were the stranger and Nori heading? They were heading they're out headed, East. Yeah. They're headed right. to Rune, right? Which is where the, this is not where the Easterlings are from, right? Those, those are men that fight for Sauron in, uh, in the, the, you know, the war of the ring, right? They've got the, well, they were, they were, because the Southernlings are the ones who ride the Oliphants and Ryan, anyone correct me if I'm wrong, right? And then the Easterlings are the ones that have like almost the, the like fish scale type armor, yeah. they've got the mm. really elaborate masks. When Sam and Frodo are outside the Black Gate, they're marching mm. into Mordor. Mm-hmm. Um, and their society, I mean, gosh, in those, you guys have talked about those video games, the Two Towers and the Return of the King. Man, whenever you had to fight the Easterlings, dude, it was like no joke. Some of those guys would mess you up. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there's it's interesting that that's where they have to go. So I don't know what it's like in the Second Age, but in the Third Age, it's a it's a pretty scary place. Yeah, I would I would highly recommend watching the Honest Trailers version of Rings of Power. <laughs> they uh, refer to Erendir as Elf Cop Erendir. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's kind of got that vibe when he's wandering. He does. It's true. Like was, I just I thought of it. Like if you rewrote this show, as like he's just trying to do his job, you know. And uh, there's it's like it's like those movies where just like a beat cop realizes there's a bigger conspiracy mm. and comes kind of gets drawn into these this bigger thing. It's like you know Die Hard. You know, it's like I'm just a regular cop. And- Wait, <laughs> Aaron Deer is <laughs> Elf Cop. <laughs> Not that we have to go into this, but for you all, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yay or nay? Uh, yes. Yes. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so passionate, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think things can become Christmas movie. I mean, yes, it meets all the criteria. And if a group of people watches it during the season as like a rite of passage, in some sense, like any movie can become a Christmas movie uh, just by the nature of how people mark the season watching it. But That's anyways. beautiful. That was a I mean, very Ryan-esque answer. Very I mean, and very thought out, man. I love it. It's basically just <laughs> rated our home alone. It's true. That's all it is. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, so like, because if, if Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie, then it's Home Alone a Christmas movie. Macaulay Culkin's all grown up. That's such a great take, Jesse. I've never heard anybody say that before. Really? That's awesome. <laughs> It's true. It's kind of like the Lost That's in New York point. version because it's not his house. It's like a tower. <laughs> and he's putting all sorts of... Yeah, man, I never thought about that. Blowing mm. my mind right now. Yeah. I think, And I guess one of the things I've been thinking about too, which again, this is more on a broader just Tolkien scale, but it seems like the consistent downfall of characters, whether again, it's Celebrimbor, even even Sauron and, and uh, you know, Thorin. It's everyone who, who kind of like, maybe this is too strong a word, but who lusted or longed for something that was outside themselves, right? Yeah. Like like Celebrimbor, he looks at what his grandfather did, right? Which was forged the Cimmerails. And he's like, I feel so, I, I'm self-conscious and I want to create things of beauty and power. And it takes him down this path that almost leads to the destruction of all mm-hmm. like Middle Earthdom. Uh, you know, Th- Thorin in his quest for gold and the Arkenstone, mm-hmm. this object outside himself mm-hmm. to establish like even his own legitimacy. And then Sauron, you know, he like, I don't know. And again, I'm conjecturing here, but I was reading it. I'm reading up about it. I'm like, is it a lust to be as great as Morgoth or to be bigger than Morgoth? Because like Morgoth versus Sauron, like Morgoth's like way tougher. 
So that's like why he, you know, has to put part of himself in the ring. He's like, I'm use this artifact. It's something outside of myself in order to to get to the next level. But it just, that always seems to be the downfall of Tolkien characters is when mm. they desire something outside of themselves. And mm. yeah, you see it play out over and over and over again. And and so it's like, hey, if you're a Tolkien character, watch out for that. Like yeah. you're cool, you're cool as you are, man. Like, you got what you need. Oh. Stay in your lane unless you're yeah. a hobbit. Unless you're a hobbit, yeah, man. They're so yeah, you is kind. You what you want. You is. <laughs> they're so great you need some positive affirmations if they if sauron was given more affirmation as a child was he ever a child i don't know he i mean apparently we're, we're <laughs> supposed to see in terms of power levels uh john you might want to correct me on this and others uh balrogs and wizards are at like if you're playing whatever dungeons and dragons or what uh, whatever version of lord of the rings version of this you'd be like ow i'll match your wizard with my balrog <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've started so, playing D and D, by the way. So, so we're we're supposed uh, to be thinking says... we're supposed to be thinking of Sauron similarly, like not yeah. necessarily wizard wizard Sauron, but he. I mean, Balrogs were considered, I think, direct reports to Morgoth. I don't think they reported to Sauron. They're kind of like a chaotic neutral. Well, they're not chaotic neutrals. Like um, Shelob in the Twin Tower in the Lord of the Rings original trilogy, and the Balrog didn't really report to Sauron. Um, they didn't like follow his his command or will, but they were evil characters in and of themselves who kind of mm-hmm. sought to do their own thing. But whereas Shelob is a descendant from Unguliat, 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 like this massive spider that like covered all of what Numenor, Valinor or something in like a yeah, dark web. Huge. Crazy. Anyways, yeah. so uh, ate the, yeah, the where I started on light, that. right? Whatever they're called. Yeah, but uh yeah. Anyway, so I, I think we're supposed to to think of. Uh, I got on this this thought because someone mentioned something about. I start here. Something about Sauron. I forget. Oh, was he ever a child? He. <laughs> it was one of those things where he was. Yes, he was a create. He was created through Iluvatar's action. Like Iluvatar made the uh, the Valar right, so the fourteen whatever Valar, um, which included Morgoth originally. And then underneath that, there was some of the Maiar. I think that's the class that Gandalf and... and man, look um, at you, man. You are channeling that, dude. Uh, so yeah. if I'm remembering correctly, Balrogs and Wizards are Maiar. I think, is Sauron Maiar as well? Sauron, yeah, I think Sauron is Maiar. As, so they're like technically on the same level. I always, I do think of Sauron as being like yeah. 1A though, right? Like yeah. When he goes toe-to-toe with, at least in the Necromancer form in the Hobbit series, like Gandalf struggles. <laughs> He's like, he gets put in a cage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He gets pwned. He gets, yeah, seriously. I have a question that um, was just <laughs> sparked by what you guys were saying. Where were the? Where was Gandalf or even Saruman, who was probably not evil at that point, um, when they fought against Sauron? In the what do you mean the the which which one? When when the last when, alliance? Yeah, when they. That's a good question. When they kill him, I don't actually know. But when Isildur cuts off his right. Uh, yeah, when right. Silver cuts off his hand. He wasn't there yet, right? Because they didn't arrive till the third age, and that was the end of the second well, age. Not according to Rings of Power. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I don't have yeah, the that timeline that in front of me. Truth. You might be right, because so. they've, they've collapsed the timeline significantly. I think you might be right in the appearance of, of uh, Gandalf. We can look at the Lord of the Rings wiki and figure that out quickly. Yeah, but they're going to have so. to explain that. Like, where is they Gandalf? Are. Tell me, where is Gandalf? For I much desire to speak to him. Uh, well and, uh, Brian, he's not real. You can't actually speak to him. 
I mean, maybe he goes back and he realizes he needs to recruit more help, and then he goes back and gets Saruman, Radagast, and the two the two blues. Two blues. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're my you're boy blue. Right. He's he's not supposed to be around until after that battle, the last alliance happened. Okay. So this that has changed sense. things up quite a bit. If it again, yeah. we're assuming it's Gandalf the Stranger, but what I, what I would have loved, speaking of Gandalf, is I know he's they he has a is he given that pointy hat by Dory by Nori, or does he just eventually stop being kind of weird in a gross robe and? Is he, does he have a hat yet in the end of season one? I don't, no, think, I don't so. think so. Yeah, no. It'd be He's really hatless. cool. It would have been really cool at the end of it, like as they were about to head off on their journey, if Nori would have handed him a hat. Hmm. And like, maybe funny. the other har- Harfoots <laughs> would have been like, haha, you look silly. And then Nori's kind of like, I think you look nice or whatever. And it's like the <laughs> sweet moment. That's why he wears it because it suits he, you. Yeah. And I actually wish that the line, follow your nose, I actually wish that Nori had delivered that. Because it would have shown an interesting change in perspective where he'd be like, I don't know where to go. And then Nori would have been like, like, I'm a harpoot. Follow your nose. Uh, And then it would have been so beautiful to think about him then saying that back to Frodo in the minds of Moria. Anyways, I'd be like, what are those harfoots doing with their noses? (laughs) 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 No wonder some of them are getting lost. (laughs) It's interesting too, right, Ryan, as you bring this up, because like that also seems to imply that Gandalf... (laughs) If again, we're assuming this is Gandalf, the stranger, that he has yeah. memories before this point either, which is even earlier than he was supposed to appear previously, right? Like he's relearned language. Is mm-hmm. that something he learned in a previous iteration of himself, right? This always follow your nose. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. otherwise, if this is his first coming on right. Middle Earth, he's been there for what? <laughs> a little while. And yeah. so, yeah. yeah. No, you're talking about Gandalf and uh, like him being on the same level as Sauron. And I've always pictured Sauron as like pinnacle. Um, This is before knowing about Morgoth and all that. But according to in the videos, uh, Nerd of the Rings, they have a he's got a good series on what would happen if so and so whoever else got the the ring of power. And then he goes over if Gandalf would have taken the ring of power from Frodo. Um, I guess according to him, Tolkien has said, if Gandalf did have the ring of power, he could have taken down Sauron. He's the only one that could have taken down Sauron. Mm. Um, but no one else could have. And then obviously that would have led to the defeat. And when I was watching that, I was like, wow, that's, that's really interesting because obviously it's Sauron's power in the ring. But at the same time, Gandalf being able to have some kind of control over it to uh, have it betray its master, um, it would still corrupt him uh, eventually. But uh, for him to even take out Sauron and uh, again, according to the video, it made it seem like it make pretty easy work of taking out Sauron. Um, And additionally, y'all talking about (laughs) uh, uh, what was it called? Die Hard and then Snape. I've just been thinking, ooh, hmm. who would have Alan Rickman played in the Lord of the good, Rings? Good call. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. I miss that guy. Right. He's so gifted. Incredible actor. Man, see, it's, it's hard to pit him against um, Christopher Lee as Saruman because Christopher mm. Lee is just also excellent. Mm-hmm. But I, I would probably... Ever played... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't know. That's a good question. It does seem like it needs to be kind of a more evil character right Boromir 
At least a chaotic neutral character. Mm. Or <laughs> The Balrog. Grima Wormtongue, maybe? I don't know. Wormtongue's the first one that it I saw. It just feels of. like he needs a bigger part, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Alan Rickman, so, like, yeah. He would be mm. Bill the Pony. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Rickman. It's Bill the Pony. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe that, this might be too low-level a character, but Denethor would be played well by Rickman. I guess. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Good call. I don't know if that's high. I don't know if that's high enough in the hierarchy, but that's mm. the first person I would think of. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's good. I buy that. I mean, could could a yeah. young Rickman have played like an Aragorn? I feel like Alan Rickman just has that malice that like. Yeah, you gotta have him in some kind of sinister role. If you've yeah. got it, flaunt it. Yeah, I mean, I at the same time, I could also potentially see him as an Alrond. So it's true, it's true. Good call. We also, haven't mentioned sorry. any of the dwarfs. Any of the dwarfs? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was just thinking about. There's also sorry. This is really random, but like, there's also challenging things that happen. Like Celeborn, right? Are we to imply that he's gone? Right? Like. You all talked about this, I think, in a couple episodes oh, yeah. ago, right? Galadriel's future husband. Like, I lost him. Oh, is he missing? Did you lose him at the elf <laughs> right? store? Or what's what happened to this him? Is, like, they went to Costco is, and got separated. This is my complaint about... Like, it doesn't make sense. All of the characters <clears throat> that they're making us think are dead, we know are alive. Isildur being probably the best Isildur example. and Celeborn, like I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, give us something that we might actually half believe. Like, oh, maybe Theo did die, you know, or whatever. I don't know. It's just weird because um, we know that they're going to be fine. True. Yeah. Uh, man, Alan Rickman, it's a tough one. Yeah. I, I, to, to John's point, I mean. It can be used. It's fun to watch a movie when you know more than the characters do. And you're kind of like, don't go in there. You know, like you feel like personally invested. You want to warn them, things like that. What what uh, Socrates call that? Dramatic irony. Is that right? Where the audience has a clear view. You mean Socrates, dude? Socrates. (laughs) Yeah, so season one, uh, I'm hoping to see a Balrog pretty early on season two. And that was like a big tease. I, I think I think they struggle with like how to reveal things like uh, rings. Here we go. There they are. Um, oh, Balrog. Here, well, here one is. And it's just kind of like, so I think it'd be interesting to see more of that played out in season two. But yeah, I think we'll return to the plot lines of a sealed door. I'm not even sure what Aaron Deer and Bronwyn's characters are going to contribute at this point. Like, are we going are we to kind of cut to them in a domestic scene, trying to raise <laughs> Theo and <laughs> best out about his college applications. <laughs> <laughs> Flying to Mordor University. Uh, MU. MU. <laughs> That'd be a rough place to go. <laughs> they got great uh, t shirt designs. He's going to a community college in Numenor. Nice. <laughs> yeah, That'd be trade. pricey. He wouldn't yeah. get any uh, federal aid for that. He wouldn't, no. He'd be, he'd be an international student. <laughs> We're giving ourselves away here. In our, I know. In our I was going to say, this is the, the most the industry tall. we used to work in. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so are we gonna, uh, who knows what was going to go on with it was uh, Aaron Deer. But obviously, Balrog, teaser, and Don't get your they're still up. showing Isildur's sister, who now is like saying, having too much Palantir time. Um, yep. which you know the Palantirs have some connection with Galadriel I would ex- expect more of that like her brothers were like deep I mean the Palantir were 
No, sorry, I'm confusing that with the Silmarils. Never mind. I take that back. Sure. But um, different nerd thing. But anyways, I think we're gonna see some Palantir stuff, and I think we're setting up some for some political drama. There's that Tar, the Tar Farazon guy, Farazon, Graybeard, yeah, uh, He's he's making some moves for sure. Yeah, so I think mm-hmm. we're gonna see some more. Maybe season two might have more of a, like a political intrigue feel with Muriel returning, wanting to maintain the commitment to fighting. Well, whereas this uh, Farazan guy might be like, nope, we're gonna be nationalist and only care about our own borders. Sound familiar? Uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, gonna build a wall in the next season around Numenor. <laughs> There like ocean go. wall, ocean wall. There we go. We're already an <laughs> island. I mean, another, another Pacific Rim reference, right? The Ooh. wall of life. Oh yeah, wall of life that immediately fails. <laughs> We're gonna get kaiju, kaiju in the next season. Yes, yes, kaiju would be awesome. At this point, anything. I'd be like, sure, why not? And, Have him fight kaiju. I don't care. And Charlie Day. Don't care. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, well, in the uh, the absence that uh in rings of power and the great void that it's going to leave what will you all be uh filling your time with as far as media goes i know uh i was also watching house of the dragon um john are you uh yeah, game of thrones so good I'm okay watching as well wait is, is it the season are the season already over or is there one more episode this sunday uh episode 10 was the last episode did you I don't See think that I, I actually don't think I I don't think I've watched the last episode. I saw yeah when Viserys has passed and stuff oh, yeah. is happening and uh, yeah, but I'm loving yeah. the show. The last episode, it's just like it. It was one of those episodes where it's like, why is this the last that we're gonna Ooh. get for a while? Oh. Like, why would you end it here? Like, yeah. just being <laughs> so cruel about it. And I went into it not interested at all because I was like many it seems like was not satisfied with the ending of the game of thrones series um so i went into it with a lot of uh hesitancy and many grains of salt and ended up having a good time with it um also saw black adam recently Mm. uh that was a good time and then yeah other things i've been watching anime i've just been loading up on anime it's anime season a lot of new uh Shows have been coming out, seasons renewing. So, I second Black Adam. Um, super fun. Felt like a Marvel movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. The way that they kind of used humor wasn't. I mean, I like, I like DC some DC stuff like Batman is dark, and I like that. Um, but this one was more lighter, um, and it was great. Um, I need to start watching Andor. Uh, one of my best friends is a huge, huge Star Wars fan, like refused to even watch Boba Fett because uh, <laughs> just but but betrayed what um, the books um, were with Boba Fett. But he really likes Andor. Um, he he's kind of says it's more of almost like a spy thriller than mm-hmm. like a Star Wars show. So I'm excited to start that. I'm about to uh, finish a rewatch of Gravity Falls with mm. With my family, it's a great series. Highly recommend. Yes, Disappointing that it's only two seasons. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I feel like you could 
either have a feature length movie to follow it up or something like that. But it's just so solid. It's, it's one of those great things to return to every once in a while. You just notice new things on a rewatch. And, uh, speaking, like that. speaking of a feature length movie, they're making a community movie. Yeah. It's official. Yep. <laughs> so excited. And it sounds like they're bringing, uh, not including Chevy Chase, which is fine. They're pretty much bringing everybody back. It seems like he, he died, didn't he? Chevy Did Chase he? or is he the didn't? character? No, no, Chevy Chase well, I know the alive. character died. I thought, I, I thought yeah, uh, Chevy Chase Googling passed away. No, yeah, he's not dead. Not very much alive. Anyway, oh, okay. Excited for a community movie. Oh, Six nice. seasons in a movie. Other than that, I know this has been out for a while, but I am still watching through the Crown. Um, just, just such excellent writing, storytelling in that. I know it's kind of historical-ish fiction, but strongly, strongly recommend that. But yeah, that's kind of my viewing right now. I'm a full-time student. So uh what about you, John? Yeah, so um I gotta watch that last episode of House of the Dragon, because uh, I did love episode nine. And then uh I have also been watching uh it's not my first watch through, but I'm re-watching on Netflix. There's a Castlevania anime oh, that was yeah. made based off the classic video games, and it's yep. based on Castlevania three for the NES, which was so good. And and it, it actually ironically it uh, the actor who plays Thorin um, plays one of the main characters, uh, Trevor Belmont, in that in the, the Castlevania oh. series. It's anime, very very oh, violent, cool. but really cool. Um, and then, is that still going, or is it finished? No, it has it has finished. I'm just rewatching this. Yeah. Was it three it, so. seasons? Three seasons, yeah. Okay. It was really really great. Okay. And then um, I am also doing my best to uh, and because I really have to stick with when I'm watching it, but watching through the West Wing, which is really great but it's one of those shows where you got to be tuned in like for every single piece of dialogue because Mm. um there's always something happening it's uh gotta be paying attention most of the time but it's it's really excellent cool well i think that brings us to the end of this episode john thank you so much for joining us and thanks for having me yeah no problem no problem maybe we'll have you on again soon in the future the question jesse though is did we sully or tarnish his enthusiasm whatsoever <laughs> oh, yeah, not even no, not even I've been trying to do that for how how many years have we known you, John? Like eight years or yeah. something, and I'm we've been unsuccessful to this point. John John <laughs> is the he is the mithril. He you know his the substance just spreads and then strengthens. It forms an alloy mm. with all of us. So the reverse has happened. <laughs> now I'm more positive. And now I'm angry That's that right. I'm more positive. Oh boy. <laughs> He's he's the Ted Lasso of our <laughs> friend group. Oh, welcome to Rexon. That's, so That's another good one. Welcome to Rexon is awesome. Uh, yeah. Yep. So good. Sorry, I cut you off, Jesse. You're good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do next, but as we always mention at the start, we talk about pop culture and maybe we'll dive into that a little bit more. And since Rings of Power has finished and now we can open up to some more avenues and more genres so to speak uh so just make sure you're following us put your notifications on so you can see when a new episode comes out anyways it's been fun catch y'all later